0: Hello, and a very warm welcome to Euractiv's health podcast, where every week we dive into EU health policy and bring you the latest health news from Europe. I'm Marta Iraola, and in this episode, we'll be talking about endocrine disruptors and the effects they can have on our health. To talk about it, we have a guest with us.
1: My name is Ángel Nadal, I'm professor of physiology at the University Miguel Hernández in Elche, Alicante, Spain, and my laboratory has been working for 25 years in the the relationship between endocrine disruptors and type 2 diabetes.
0: Could you give uh, for our listeners a general overview of what endocrine disruptors are and why should we care about them?
1: Yes, endocrine disruptors are common chemicals to which we are all exposed. They are normally in many uh, daily, d- daily products that, that we use in cosmetics, in plastics, uh, etc. Um, we are normally exposed to low doses, but these low doses have effect uh, effects on, on our endocrine system, particularly, so they alter how our hormones work. There are some periods of our life that this this exposure represents a a higher hazard, and and these are uh, during fetal development and during uh, infancy.
0: And for example, you're talking now about children, fetal development, infancy, their exposure is more dangerous, and are they more exposed than the rest of us?
1: Yes. Well, exposure is more dangerous because during these periods, our genes are expressing for development. And then the endocrine disruptors work by changing the expression of genes. So what happens during uh, fetal period and infancy is very important for our prevalence uh, in the future for different diseases such as type two diabetes, obesity, uh, cancer, etc. So this is why it's a very vulnerable period. You know these two: the fetal fetal development and and infancy. And there are studies that for some EDCs, for instance, for bisphenol A, during pregnancy, uh, the concentration of bisphenol A in in the mothers are higher and are affecting as well the the fetus at a higher doses because the the fetus, uh, they don't have the same metabolism of bisphenol A, you know, as adults, of course. And and this is why... uh, the the concentration of bisphenol A uh, is higher in, in those cases.
0: And there's also much expectation over the revision of the regulation for evaluating and authorizing chemicals at the EU level, also known as REACH. However, the proposal has been postponed several times and it's still not really clear whether the EU executive will eventually put forward this revision before the end of the legislative mandate in 2024. What's your take on this?
1: Well, my take is that this is really very worrying. Uh, I think we need uh, this revision now, and it should be approved by by June this year, before June this year, because if the revision is not approved, we're going to continue with the same status quo in relation with pollution and health protection. The aim of having a toxic-free environment for the European Union, which is an aim of the chemical strategy for sustainability of the Green Deal, will be very much delayed. And if we want to have a toxic-free environment by 2030, we need to approve this revision uh, before June.
0: And what would be the consequences if the Commission decided Not to present anything in the end, not in 2024, not in next years.
1: Well, I think REACH uh, the aims of REACH itself uh, are are two mainly: to improve the protection of human health and environment from the possible risk of chemicals, and to enhance the competitiveness of the uh, European Union chemical industry. If the the, the the revision of the regulation is not approved soon, these two aims uh, are going to be difficult to fulfill, you know, on the side of the improving protection of human health is not going to happen because uh, we, we need more information requirements, for instance, for, for hazard and use of, of new chemicals. Uh, the real situation with chemicals is that we are exposed to a cocktail of them, to a mixture uh, of them, and, and we need new assessment methods for, for mixtures that are not actually you know, in the regulation. And we need REACH to, to do that and uh, we need to ensure as well that all the hazardous chemicals are only used if are really essential you know and if the regulation is not re-evaluated we're not going to have these important points working and this is bad for our health for our environment and also for the chemical industry as well i believe
0: also in 2019 members of the European Parliament proposed treating endocrine disruptors or potential endocrine disruptors as an equal footing with substances classified as cancinogenic, mutagenic or toxic for reproduction. According to you, would this option be helpful?
1: Well, I, I think endocrine disruptors are a very special kind of, uh, of chemicals. And uh, I, I think uh, In a sense, if they are treated like carcinogen, uh, it could work, uh, but not fully. I I think there are specific hazards posed by endocrine disruptors. Uh, For instance, what I said before, that they act on critical windows of development that may lead to to, uh, severe or even irreversible effects later in our adulthood. Uh, We know that they act at very low doses as well, and we know that they act through what is called non monotonic dose responses. So that means that if we don't see an effect at a high dose, doesn't mean that a low dose uh, doesn't have an effect. So all this makes endocrine disruptors special toxic compounds. And I think they need a special treatment as well.
0: And when it comes to addressing EDCs at the EU level, for you, What would be the ideal scenario?
1: For endocrine disruptors, I think, well, we need to first, uh, or the European Union should have a horizontal criteria based on, on the World Health Organization definition of endocrine disruptors. I think we need at least two categories, that this is something that seems to be accepted at the moment. One for endocrine disruptors, that we already know, and at least one for suspected endocrine disruptor. This is in line with the existing categories for carcinogenic, mutagenic, and reproductive substances. The EU legislation, actually, you know, it it would need, as I said before, to have uh, uh, some specificities for the hazard posed by EDCs with the critical windows of of, of, uh, exposure. Yeah, I think these are mainly what I would say we need for the regulation of endocrine disruptors.
0: Also, you mentioned before uh, bis- bisphenol A. Last week, the European Food Safety Authority concluded a new re of this substance, which is considered an endocrine disruptor. The agency said that dietary exposure to bisphenol A is a health concern for consumers across all age groups. What's your take on this?
1: Well, I'm very happy with the outcome and the document of EPSA, to be honest. I've been involved in bisphenol A research. Since the end of the 90s, and my group has made important results related to how bisphenol A act at the molecular level and how it is linked to metabolic disorders such as diabetes. I've been working with bisphenol A for more than 25 years, so I'm, I'm very happy with the decision of EFSA this time. But my personal feeling is that it's coming late. Because we had a weight of evidence very high before, already in 2015, to probably uh, have the same outcome as they decided in 2023. But anyhow, I'm I'm happy with uh, the fact of reducing the threshold for bisphenol A 20,000 fold.
0: Thank you so much, Ángel, for being with us today. And for our listeners, a friendly reminder that if you enjoy listening to our podcast, you can also subscribe to our newsletter that comes out also on Wednesdays. We'll keep making sure that you're up to date with the latest health news. Don't forget to also check other your active podcast, AgriFood Brief, Tech Brief and Beyond the Byline. You can listen to them in all your favorite platforms. This is all from us today. Thank you for listening. We also want to hear from you. So if you have something to say, don't hesitate to drop us a line. Our email address is podcast at youractive.com or contact us on Twitter or LinkedIn. This episode was brought to you by Your Active's multimedia team. So a special thanks to them and one and only Jonas hellback See you next week and stay healthy.